Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Thank you, Peggy. Good morning. I'm Stephen, the pastor of Community Life here at Trinity. I'm excited for today because I get to talk a lot about love and Jesus. <clears throat> the sun is shining. I also get to hang with a lot of you today after church for the big game. Party starts at 4 p.m., just in case you don't have a place to go. Please join us. <clears throat> love is in the air. Love is in the air. Valentine's Day is just two days away, and I can see that you're getting ready for it a little bit. There's people wearing some pink and red, right? You, you got your nails done. They're all sparkly and shiny. A little bit of pink. You're getting all lovey and dovey, right? You also remember those candy hearts? I still think, I think they still have them. The sweethearts, they say like, I love you and, and kiss me and be mine. <clears throat> well, when I was in elementary on Valentine's Day, we would have to hand out Valentine's cards to each other. You'd get like 25 of them. And I never got the ones that said, be my boyfriend or you're cute. <laughs> I always got, be my friend, and, and you're nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm still hurt from that. According to a CBS News article three days ago, Americans expected to spend $26 billion for Valentine's Day. $26 billion. On average per person, we will spend about $200 for our loved ones. And the top gifts, candy, flowers, an evening out, and jewelry. Some of you ladies are thinking, get me that jewelry? It is evident that we love spending our time and money on those who are closest to us, those whom we love. But let me ask you this question. How are we doing at spending our time and money on those who are in need, those who are not so close to us? How are you doing at loving your neighbor as Jesus would want you to love your neighbor? Pray with me. Almighty, gracious, Heavenly, merciful Father, we thank you for this, this beautiful morning. We thank you for Jesus who loved us, who came down to be with us, to save us from our sins. Help us to love as you have loved us. 
Help us to hear from you. Help me, Lord, to love your people, to feed your people, to guide your people. Help us this morning to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you ready to receive this morning's message with great eagerness and to examine the scriptures to see if what I am saying is true? This morning's big idea, Christians fulfill the law by loving their neighbor. Christians fulfill the law by loving their neighbor. In chapter 12 of Romans, Paul urged the saints in Rome to present their bodies as a living sacrifice. And he explained how that is to be done by loving one another within the community of saints and also those outside the community, even our enemies. And Paul expanded on how the saints were to, ex to extend their love and honor even further to the civil authorities. And last week, Pastor Malachi helped us walk through the not always easy task of subjecting ourselves to the governing authorities. The road we are going to take this morning will be fairly easy to navigate. In verse 8, you'll see the command to always owe the debt to love and the reason that supports that command. And in verse 9, Paul will continue to back up his argument by citing the second half of the Ten Commandments. And in verse 10, Paul will make a summary remark to fulfill the law by loving our neighbor. So a quick caution before we jump in. Is everyone familiar with Charlie Brown? Yeah, Beckett knows what I'm saying. I love Charlie Brown, and I could relate to Charlie Brown because in class, when the teacher was speaking, all I heard was, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> You might be tempted this morning to tune out because I'm going to say love a lot and I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture. So if you start to hear that faint wah, 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 that's a warning to tune back in. Tune back in. So stick with me. A lot of scripture, a lot of love. Let's dive in. Christians owe an everlasting debt of love to their neighbor. But first take a quick Quick look back to verse 7, which Malachi explained for us last week. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. And Paul is now going to make the transition from submission to the governing authorities back to a Christian's immediate circle of influence, those in our church and those in our community. Verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. So owe no one anything can also be translated be in debt to no one. Paul first reminds the saints in Rome to owe no one anything. And Paul isn't saying don't borrow from anyone or do not take out a loan. 
We see that lending to others happens in Scripture. In Psalm 27, verses 25 and 26, the righteous and his children are not forsaken. He is lending, he is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. In verse 21 of the same Psalm, Psalm 37, we notice that the wicked are the ones who don't pay back. Verse 21, the wicked borrows but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives. Psalm 112, verse 5. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. And Jesus, what did he say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 42? Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. So in verse 8 of of Romans chapter 13, the emphasis is on owing no one anything. Owing no one anything. So if you got a mortgage payment, pay the bill. Pay it. You got a car payment? Make the payment. And don't you hate that feeling when you owe someone money? How if you come up to them and see them? That's the first thing that comes to your mind, that you owe them something? And isn't it the greatest feeling in the world when you pay off that huge debt? Like when you want to cry, freedom! Yes. Oh, no one anything except, except to love each other. The saints in Rome had an obligation to love each other. And what does this love mean? The Greek word agapaeo, In verses 8 and 9, in the Greek word agape, which probably most of you are familiar with, are translated love. Both have the same meaning, to have a warm regard for or an interest in another, to cherish the other. It's an active love, a serving love, a selfless love. You've heard that love is a verb, Love is an action. This type of love is not the same as eros, where some of you are familiar with erotic love, which means an intense longing for or desire for, or Philadelphia, which means love of a brother or sister, as we saw a few weeks ago in Romans 12.10. Agapeo, or agape love, is a love that cares for one another's interests. You have a warm regard for your neighbor's well-being. Your love for them is genuine. It's sincere. It's not fake. It doesn't flatter. It doesn't try to get something in return. And most of us are familiar with that great love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. If you want, turn there with me. It's a beautiful chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. 
It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. In the beginning of verse 8, love never ends. And in verse 13 of that same chapter, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. This obligation to love one another, as Paul is describing, shouldn't surprise us, right? We saw in chapter 12, verse 1 of Romans, that the saints in Rome were to present their bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which was their spiritual worship. By the grace God gave them, their love was to be genuine. In verse 9 of chapter 12, they were to have a familial love for one another. They were to outdo one another in showing honor. They were called to bless and not curse, to overcome evil with good. And by loving in this way, they were fulfilling the law. And like the saints in Rome, we are called to move towards our neighbors with Christ like love. And we are not only called to love the saints, each of us, but also those, we're also supposed to love those who don't trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And the more we pay off this never-ending debt of love, the richer we are in our hearts. Our hearts become softer our minds are more in tune to be sympathetic towards the needs of our neighbors. Our arms and hands are stretched out, ready and willing to love one another and our neighbors. So what did this neighbor love look like in the early church? I'm going to take us back to the 4th century, somewhere around 360. The emperor of Rome... Julian the Apostate wrote a letter to a Galilean priest, a high priest, Arsatius. Quote, this is Julian, For it is disgraceful that when no Jew ever has to beg, and the impious Galileans, by the way, that's not, that's not a, a nice remark. That means like irreverent or disrespectful Christians when these impious Galileans support not only their own poor, but ours as well. All men see that our people lack aid from us. Unquote. Julian the Apostate didn't care for Christians because they didn't bow down to the many gods in Rome. They bowed down to one God, Jesus. Historian Justo Gonzalez writes, quote, While rejecting Christianity, Julian had actually learned a great deal from it. Unquote. Even though Julian mocked Christians and the teachings of Jesus, he couldn't deny what his eyes saw, that the Christians not only cared for and loved other Christians, but they loved the pagans of Rome. They loved their pagan neighbors. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. 
If you recall in Matthew chapter 22, where the lawyer asked Jesus a question to test him, Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40, the lawyer says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. We love God with all our heart, and then we are able to love our neighbor. For those of us who trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he has given us his spirit. It's through the indwelling power of his spirit that we are able to love our neighbor and therefore fulfill the law. Paul said that we can't even pray as we ought unless the Spirit himself intercedes for us. And I like this illustration from Tony Morita. He has this deep voice, kind of like Malachi. The law is like the train tracks and the Spirit like the engine. Unquote. Love needs the law for direction and guidance. And the law needs love for its fulfillment. So what law are Christians supposed to fulfill? How is love the fulfillment of the law? Paul tells us, loving your neighbor as yourself summarizes the law. Verse 9, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And first notice that Paul lists four of the Ten Commandments. And if we are comparing these commandments to the, to the worship text from this morning in Exodus, there are commandments number seven, number six, number eight, and number ten. A little bit out of order. That's okay. Paul focuses on the love for others, our horizontal relationships. So when we think horizontal, we think one another, our neighbors. When we do vertical, this is our relationship with God, okay? Paul is going horizontal, the love of neighbor. We love our neighbor when we do not commit adultery. We don't have sex with someone who is not our spouse. We love our spouses by being faithfully committed to them. For better or worse, through thick and thin, we give our spouses all the candy that say, be mine and kiss me. We don't give them to other spouses. We give them, be my friend. Christians love their neighbor when they do not murder or hate others in their hearts. We protect the lives of our neighbors. We value life because Jesus valued life. We value the lives of unborn babies from the very moment of conception. We go out of our way to provide a safe environment for our children and our neighbors so that they may fear God and learn to follow Jesus. 
We love our neighbor when we do not steal. We don't steal time from our workplaces or lie on our taxes. We return the tool that we borrowed from our neighbor three years ago. (laughs) And if we lost or broke it, we buy them an upgraded tool. That's what I'm saying. We love our neighbor when we do not covet or long for or desire to have what is rightfully our neighbor's. If someone has more hair than you, don't (laughs) covet their hair. (laughs) Praise God for giving them strong hair follicles. (laughs) Don't covet someone's house or car or possessions. Don't get mad at them for having more things than you do. We all end up, we'll, we'll all end up bitter and angry in our hearts if we covet the belongings of others. Be content with the gifts that God has given you. Trust that he is for you and not against you. Why? Why should we be doing this? And how do we do this? Because these commandments are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Paul sums it up by citing Leviticus chapter 19. In Leviticus 19, verses 9 through 18, the Lord speaks to Moses and instructs him to teach the congregation how they are to treat their neighbor. And verse 18 of Leviticus 19 sums it all up. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And we know that Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to what? Fulfill it. We obey the law because Jesus obeyed the law. Love protects and preserves. If if your heart is filled with the love of God, you will not want to injure your neighbor. You'll want to lift them up, help, help them succeed. So that should beg the question, who is my neighbor? Turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. It's a long parable. The parable of the Good Samaritan. Luke is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke. Not Luke Hutchinson. Gospel of Luke. Or Luke Cipher. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And behold, a lawyer or an expert in the law stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? The lawyer answered, You shall love the Lord with all you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half 
dead. Now by chance, a priest, a preacher, maybe a Baptist preacher, was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, the Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, a half-breed, despised by Jews, someone who was not seen as following the law of God, a Samaritan, a traitor of the law, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii, two days' wages. Two days' wages. When was the last time we spent two days' wages on a random stranger in need? and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him, and whatever you spend, here's my credit card. It's got a big limit. Here's my credit card. I will repay you when I come back. I'll take care of the bill. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. You go and do likewise. Genuine love focuses on the needs of another, especially of those who can't care for themselves. Genuine love is compassionate. When the focus is solely on ourselves, we begin to justify ourselves. We become the judge who determines who God loves or who we love, who is worthy of our love or is worthy of God's love. Our focus needs to be centered on the grace, love, and mercy of God. And Jesus is calling his followers to possess this heart posture that will go out of its way to take care of those not only closest to us, but also those who are on the fringes, those who need compassion and mercy. So don't pass by the one who might need your help today. Don't pass by. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And what's up with the as yourself? Ask yourself, how much do I love myself? So I'm not saying to check yourself to see how hot or good-looking you are, or how amazing, cool, or super smart you are, consider how well you take care of your own needs, how you desire what's best for you, how you buy yourself nice things, how you want to smell nice, to make sure your hair is combed. I have this little beard comb that I Make sure my goatee is looking all nice and shiny and pretty. How you make sure you feed yourself so that you do not starve. We care about ourselves. So as much as we care about ourselves, we should care about the needs of others. 
Let's love our neighbors as ourselves. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, he, he, he says, chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Bear the burdens of your neighbor. Don't think you're too cool for the school of loving your neighbor. And just in case the saints in Rome missed what Paul said in verse 8, Paul says it again in verse 10. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Spirit-empowered love for your neighbor is the fulfillment of the law. The Christian that makes love the distinguishing mark of their character and is obedient to the commands of Jesus has fulfilled the law. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Paul is just reiterating the golden rule. Matthew 7, verse 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. It was Paul's prayer for the Philippians that their love may abound more and more with all knowledge and discernment so that they may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the praise and glory of God. Do doctors still take the Hippocratic Oath? Is that what it's called, the Hippocratic Oath? Yeah. First, do no harm. First, do no harm. Love does no harm to our neighbor. So how are we loving our neighbor as a church today? Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. I see you loving your neighbors. Haley and Arthur, they started a homeless ministry. I call it helping the homeless. It's on the second Saturday of each month. They just served the homeless yesterday. They see a need in Cortez Park and want to love their neighbor. They share the good news of Jesus with others. They give clothes and water to those who are in need. They're loving their neighbor. We have a benevolence ministry where we take a special offering to first help the members of this congregation with their immediate needs and then we help our neighbors with whatever needs they may have, such as food and clothing, or helping out fix their car. We have a mobile food pantry on the first Saturday of the month where many people from this church volunteer so that our neighbors can receive a box of groceries for free. You love your neighbors in so many ways. You serve one another by listening to one another's stories. You go to each other's birthday parties. There was just a big, huge birthday party last night. You have dinner with one another and lunch with one another. You are amazing at showing hospitality to one another. Like a good neighbor, Trinity Bible Church is there. <laughs> so think of all the money that we are going to spend the next few days showing each other how much we love those closest to us.
Let's spend the debt of love to where debt reaches more than 26 billion. Let's make it reach 26 zillion, trillion, billion, gazillion, billion. And why do we love? In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Take a moment to read all of 1 John this week. Take a moment. If you don't know Jesus, Repent of your sins. Believe that Jesus died for your sins. Believe that he was buried. Believe that he was raised from the dead on the third day. And believe that Jesus is now interceding for you. Jesus reached out his hand to his neighbor. He didn't walk by. He stopped. Stooped down. We were poor and needy. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were spiritually bankrupt. We were unrighteous and unworthy of His love. Amazing love that sent His Son. God's wrath was poured out on Jesus so that Jesus could pour out His love on us. And that love shines at Calvary on the cross. Christians fulfill the law by loving their neighbor. Let's pray.